Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Welcome to the Escapist Comics Podcast. I'm Jessica Baldoni. And I'm Robert Nicolesco. And today is Sunday, September 19th, 2021. And we are here talking about comics and Com- other stuff. And comics related stuff, of course. Yeah, movies, TV, news, all the things you guys want to hear about, hopefully, this week. Oh. And sorry we missed last week. Things happen. Life goes on. But yeah, <laughs> try and keep the two uh, every two week schedule. It's it. We'll, we'll, we can get there. It, we'll get things- there. It's been better recently. And thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> we appreciate it. And thanks yeah. for uh, getting involved on social media. We appreciate it. Uh, keep uh, answering all of your hard hitting questions. <laughs> yeah, and. If- Hey, everybody, if you do listen and you do like it, share it with your comics fans. Oh, yeah, please do. Leave reviews. Do all that stuff. Yeah, reviews really help the podcast. I know, like, the only, I think it's only on Apple or on iTunes that you can actually leave reviews. (laughs) I don't know why all the other uh, podcasts, like Spotify and all that, don't have their reviews and everything. But, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, give us rate review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Is it iTunes? It's not iTunes anymore, is it? <laughs> they took that away. <laughs> I think it's podcast. Apple yeah. Podcasts, yeah. Uh, that five star review though will definitely help us raise awareness of Escapist Comics podcast. Yeah. So today now- we're gonna get into Red Room, which we haven't actually reviewed yet at all, which is surprising. <laughs> It is, but it was also like selling so much and everything. It just seemed like it was like, obviously not everyone knows about it, but it did seem like, oh, well, yeah, it's 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 being talked about and all this, but like, right. no, we do need to do Red Room. And what's cool about it is every issue is self-contained. So we really can't start anywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> and this uh, is kind of the end of the season because yeah. uh, it's pausing until December, I believe. Oh, is it? Yeah, I didn't. But uh, reading his little uh, 
right up in the back it's like this the four issues plus the free comic book day there's going to be the the first trade okay and then December this like quote unquote season two starts so just a couple months off but so yeah this is uh ed pisker if you're not uh aware of ed um he's a crazy person no <laughs> he's, he's awesome <laughs> um you can yeah, pop family tree um x-men grand design WYSIWYG, an underappreciated one but i really like WYSIWYG. Mm -hmm. all that stuff real good real yep, good and you can of course uh listen or watch um him and jim rug um on cartoonist kayfabe um is that a weekly show or do they do it bi-weekly daily it's daily it's daily <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they got like 20 minute videos almost every day I oh think. my god <laughs> well there you go i've lost track of how much they do it it used to just be weekly that's crazy that they're doing it daily now wow i mean well they record all in one day and then release weekly i think oh okay well that's a yeah. good way to do it daily. no 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 well extremely popular that show yes i mean it's it's some good it's uh, the some great comics related content, you know. Yeah. Obviously, you would be here. <laughs> so, Red Room, uh, as it says right on the cover here, and I, I love this cover. It's like it's obviously an EC um, little uh, montage here, and it's uh, murder. Uh, murder on the dark web for fun and profit so that gives you all all of what you need to know um about yeah. what's going to go on in this comic i guess the world kind of the gist of the world is like uh people use the dark web rich people use the dark web to watch torture and murder videos right in bitcoin like you would in uh like a cam girl room or something it's the same sort of like an only fan setup but it's all you know dark web black ops hidden because they have to take every step to, per, to preserve secrecy you know because the feds are going to track them down but in this world this is a huge huge phenomenon in the red room world of course right and there's been a lot of movies and tv about this as well um sure. like you know, Criminal Minds or Law and Order SVU or, and then and I watched a movie called like Host um, on Shutter recently. So, I mean, this has been like really big in the, the horror world recently as well. Um, so I'm not, I'm not shocked to see a comic about it either. Um, but what is shocking is uh, the way, <laughs> the way Ed draws it for sure. <laughs> um, fun in a disgusting horrible way but <laughs> yeah it, it's it to me it's like horror like the horror i grew up with which is like the 80s horror which obviously some of them are truly terrifying but more often i was watching them because it's like gonna show me some stuff i've never seen and it's gonna be wild stuff and it's kind of fun like right. fun is part of that 80s horror vibe, you know, even Hellraiser or something. It's like, there, there's a fun spirit in a way to it. Um, and he maintains that. And this is not like Eli Roth. Uh, right. You know, it is violent. 
Yes, it is definitely violent. Yeah, he does it more in like that old fashioned, like EC way, which he even talks about like in the back, in the back of the comic that he has, you know, he's definitely influenced by the old, like EC pulp era of the comics. Um, yeah, I think as a kid. So. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Skinner talks about like with his comic that's coming out too. He's going to do a very similar, uh, similar stuff as well. He has the host you know, of the comic that's introducing you um, to the, to this tale that he's telling. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, we have done, you have one on the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot to it. And I mean, Ed does it like super, uh, he's honoring it quite extensively, I think in this. Uh-huh. It, it, like I like in the back how, you know, he took the idea of the anthology, but it's like, what if it was one story, which is very cool, I think, a cool way to do that. Like three short stories, you could have read them any in order, but it is one flowing narrative. Oh. Right. Um, so this one's about Donna Butcher. Um, yeah. Yeah, We're going horrible, back. horrible person. <laughs> yeah. uh, scary lady um, who was like a... a kind of murder for hire woman for the mob um or a torturer for the mob i guess <laughs> yeah. she's doing like sex videos and then it occasionally would bleed into like extra violence and then it came yeah she tortured someone for the mob and she was like yes but ever since she was a kid she loved she wanted to kill people yes Oh, and has all the signs, you know, killing puppies. Oh, sad. Why do you always have to kill the puppy? There should definitely be warnings in the beginning. Like, is there's a whole website? Like, is the dog gonna die? Like, just well, two at least. <laughs> yeah, at least two. <laughs> so this should go on that website because um, <laughs> the uh, dog is gonna die. So warning for that. If you don't want to see that, then don't read this comic. You don't um, really it. just. It's the setup. It is. Because <laughs> that's what psychopaths do. They always kill the dog or that other is... animals. Oh, uh, the first store. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, so that was going to pretty much you say what you were going to say. This is definitely a revenge story, too, which is a very classic like EC um, trope is it's going to be a great like revenge uh, story. Um, and you're going to have all of the, yeah, all of the classic traits of that, uh, which I do love. And you get it nice and set up in the beginning. So it's going to be, you know, something terrible is going to happen to a child or the child's parents, and they're going to take revenge on this horrible killer. Yeah. And this one, uh, the first story, Cyclical Terror, has Rena Dukes, who, uh, her father was horrifically murdered in the most famous Donna Butcher video ever. It's the one. And he kind of like sets this sort of stuff up as like, it's part of the underground tape trading world. Like back, like when people were trading Winnebago man tapes and Gigi Allen tapes right. and stuff. And it's like Donna Butcher's famous kill is a two hour torture video. And it's like, the holy grail of the underground video trading world. Right. Uh, and it has Raina Dukes's 
father being killed. So that's why she wants revenge, obviously, like on Donna Butcher. She not only killed her father, but the humiliation continues every day because 15 million people or something have watched her father be eviscerated. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, my favorite part about this one is it's actually like a really deep story too. Um, like he really gets into like her past and also like all the stuff with the videos and how she, um, how Raina like gets paid for all of these videos. Like every time someone gets caught for the videos, she gets, uh, she gets money like yeah. um, for them. Cause and I think that's, act that's actually like a real thing too. And um, obviously, not for like sex videos and everything but you do get like restitution um for yeah for off it off of yeah off of like serial killers like um a lot of like the our um crime podcasts i listen to um so there's a thing and um when serial killers like get money basically they, they can't actually collect anything when they're in jail right like um like I don't know, like they, they can't profit off of um, anything like they've done. Yeah. Means about them. Right, books. Even an, even an interview, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so if they're like writing a book about themselves, for example, um, they can't get paid for that. Um, no. The so, right, so they would, that would go to their victims instead. And that was actually, I think it was a law that was passed like either 10 years ago or 20 years ago, something like that um so yeah he definitely is taking from that and then applying it to this so it's actually like quite a deep story like when you get down to the grittiness of it even though there is a lot of like funny aspects of it um but so I actually really enjoyed that part I was like oh well <laughs> well Ed this is a lot deeper than I thought it was gonna be <laughs> if it if it's one thing I think that he's a strength at it's the world building thing because uh -huh. all of his previous projects WYSIWYG is like all the hacker, famous hacker stories blended into one, but Hip Hop Family Tree is directly from history. And it's like taking all that, making it make sense in a cohesive narrative, taking a whole world. And same with X-Men, it's like taking like hundreds of issues and making it work as one narrative. And it's like, this is kind of the reverse, right? This is his own world, but I would feel like the strength is that he can put enough little details in the thing that it makes it, this all feels very tangible and yeah. real. Like oh, yeah. in it, it's the little details here and there that like what you're talking about, like that stuff where I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. I like, you almost take it for granted, like, but it's all very intelligent sort of storytelling. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so I really liked this issue. How did you like it compared to the other issues so far? Uh, honestly, is probably my favorite one so far, either yeah, this one or the first one. I like the first one a lot too, but uh, I just love the VHS sort of era and, and the EC thing. I mean, I, yeah, the, the whole, plus Donna Butcher, like how she's like kind of like 80s wrestler vibes mixed Red Room thing. Like, yeah, the, the proto, it's the beginning of the Red Room. Like uh, all of it just works for me. Um, yeah. The revenge story. Yeah. It, it, it has the most like clear, just like get to it. Like, this girl wants revenge. Here's who she wants revenge on. Let's see how the revenge plays out. Like, cool. 
Yeah, I totally agree. This is definitely my favorite issue of all of them so far as well. Besides, yeah, the first one was really good too, but uh, I concur. Um, so yeah, everyone, uh, you're looking for a gross but fun and deep kind of story, I would definitely pick up issue four of Red Room. You don't have to read any of the other ones, just like we said too, uh, or get all four of them. I think we have all of them at the store still. <laughs> I think we do. Uh, if we don't have number one anymore, they're going into reprints. I yeah. Think. Um, here, here's a sell point for you. She uses a Jolly Rancher that she has sucked into a sharpened blade because everyone who's eaten Jolly Ranchers, they could become the sharpest thing in the world. Yeah. She used one of those to remove someone's eyeball. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Her. I think I think you're either in or you're out with that one. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All yeah. right. Great series. Great. Um, now going to the completely opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> from Red Room. Uh, from Jeff Lemire, uh, May's May book, uh, number one from Dark Horse Comics. I don't know how Jeff Lemire does this, but I think he's writing like 10 comics right now. <laughs> Literally, yeah. and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> he is just always out there, always present on the shelves. I mean, I've been unbelievable unteens. It's only two issues, but like, I know he's writing that. He's been doing the Black Hammer stuff. He's got his own stuff that he's drawing like this one. Yeah. And then this, it's, uh, Primordial also came out this week, too. Yeah. Um, so crazy. it's crazy. <laughs> it works. works. Yep, he sure does. Uh, so yeah, this is just a four-issue miniseries. Um, and yeah, like I said, he's writing and drawing this one and coloring it, I think, as well. Yeah. Well, it's all, yeah, it's all watercolors. So, yeah. Uh, it's cool. beautiful. It really is. Um, the, it sort of tells, it, it's got the two, like the colors in his memories and then the world he exists in is mm -hmm. like white. So it's like an ink wash style. Yeah. So really like, you know, I mean, we've seen that sort of thing and stuff before, but it's always helpful to like, where is the character most alive in his mind? He's not alive in every day. Right. Um, because, well, the story is about his daughter who died 10 years previous, and he's starting to, he's forgotten her face, I guess. But yeah. he remembers the that she wore. Yes, he can only remember you know, her, her red sweater. Like, that's the most prominent feature that's left in his mind. Um, and he's just kind of going through his daily life, just kind of lost. Um, and yeah. trapped in routine. Right, exactly. Um, so in typical Jeff Lemire fashion, this is a very solemn kind of sad <laughs> book, but it's beautiful at the same time, uh, a lot because of his art style. Um, and it's basically he's remembering the sweater and it's creating like a, as a, title implies like a maze in his mind and he's trying to figure out what this is going to unlock um it's actually really 
interesting because it's this old sweater and the threads are all loose and falling apart. Right. And it, the, mo- the visual motif through the whole uh, comic, I mean, even the back cover, the back cover is literally just white with a little bit of red to symbolize the thread, like yeah. the loose thread. Um, but it, the, the thread, I was like thinking about it on the reread and like the thread works on multiple levels of metaphor. It's like a line from the point in his life back to his daughter. Uh-huh. It's the unthreaded actual memories of his daughter. You know, like it's unspooling what he has in his mind of her, it's disappearing. Um, and then of course the red also symbolizes the line through a maze of which his daughter was a, he was a fan of maze books. Uh-huh. Um, super effective, like very simple visual uh, metaphor, but it, it just, I don't know, really powerful. I mean, only someone who is so, made so many comics could really like kind of come up with something so simple yet so complex, I guess. Right, and then towards the end of the comic, and this is a very quick read too, um, by the way, yeah. it looks like a huge hefty comic, like when you pick it up, um, but he really just uses imagery, which is great, you know. Um, I mean, we yeah. talk about it all the time, like we'll be reading like a Marvel or DC comic where it's just so many words that say nothing. It's like, are they getting paid by the word? Like what is happening? Like they just don't know how to use just imagery. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, depends on the story right right like, yeah. yeah red room a lot of words but it's giving you immense amounts of information that's mm-hmm. all really or this stripped down sort of style like he has a double page splash with one word balloon that says suit yourself like right that's it yeah oh. yeah <laughs> oh and, the, and then there's just another double page spread where he's just you know sleeping and then there's just the the red thread coming out of like almost just the pillow and then just going across the entire page, you know, yeah. and then that's it. But it's still, okay. you know, it's extremely effective. Yeah, um, yeah, it really is. It keeps you moving. It is like directional. It's like, keep going, keep going. Uh-huh. Um, um, and then he wakes up. There's like, you know, it goes to the next page. You see the little girl with no face again and the sweater. And he wakes up and he's getting these unknown phone calls at three o'clock in the morning. Um, and he wakes up and he hears his child's voice on the other end of the phone. Um, you have to help in the center and you need to find me. Right. I'm in the center yes. of the main. Right. So yeah. definitely a very shocking big clue. Is it real? We don't know. Is he just going crazy? Maybe. <laughs> or is it actually her? <laughs> yeah. And I, I do like these. Like two of the comics we have this. No, all the comics we're talking about this week have write-ups from the authors in the back, which yep. I like. It creates a lot of context. Okay. He cites Inch in this, uh, Murakami. Both of those I can definitely see. Like mm-hmm. I've watched tons of Twin Peaks lately. And it's like the surreal nature of it is totally here in this comic i mean and in a lot of jeff lemire i would say um but yeah it, it I, I like that little aspect more of that creators little yes. right definitely 
Um, so yeah, definitely recommend May's book, number one, Jeff Mayer. Yeah. yeah. It's all, all thumbs up this week as far, well, know your opinion on our next book, but for <laughs> me, I have like, I like every single one of these books this week. Like they're great. Yeah. Me too. Let's get into our next book, which is actually a double. So it's actually one and two of Not All Robots, um, just because we liked it so much, right? That's why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Number two just came out and uh, it kind of just is a lot more effective. This, this one's less standalone issue and more like, it'll be a five issue miniseries also, uh, but... It's, it's a very contained story and also a lot of world building that's being done. Mm -hmm. Very. Yeah. Mark. Blake. Mark Russell. Uh, first though, I'm going to comment on uh, the number one, please stop again with these American Gothic covers. Stop it. Just stop everyone. <laughs> I will not going to give up on my quest of getting these guys to stop doing this. It's ridiculous. I think that we're up to like six covers now, just in the last four months. Oh my God. There's something there. Something there. I bet you could fill a whole art book with all the American Gothic uh, comic. Is, just I'm from sure. this year, you could fill in a book. It's ridiculous. Um, but I, I will give a shout out though to uh, AWA Upshot uh they have been really killing it this year um i really think that they're like the upcoming uh new like indie publishers um they put out some really solid books this year um, yeah including this one so this great. yeah it's great so this is mark russell mike diodato jr and lee luffridge um so mike diodato jr he is uh like the, one of the owners of this company or, and with this guy, Axel Alonso. And they, yeah, they've been just killing it, putting out great books. So, all right. Not all robots, number one. Yeah. Where do we start? Um, I mean, it's this is- <laughs> Kind of like to, you know, set up the world, it, mm -hmm. it is and the world has been destroyed i believe one of the robots says yeah uh, you turned this planet humans turned this planet into a baked potato yeah. um <laughs> but it seems like all humans live under or most humans live under dome cities right. you know isolated uh with their own uh air and environment uh so bubble atlanta bubble orlando like it's just bubble versions and the people it seems like people can survive out in the wastelands but they keep making reference to it being obviously horrendous who wants to live in a wasteland right yeah um and you'd have to like wear like a suit or something out there because of like the co2 right like it's just yeah. completely toxic out there um and well we'll find out later why that happens you'd have to do that <laughs> it's pretty horrible um robots robots like kind of run the world at this point yes they, like doing our menial tasks and, and now they start. um and yeah it's like i don't know the 
it's hard to like explain the satire of this work. It's highly satirical, tongue in cheek, like. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't even feel like that. It just is so, it's like, it gets serious and then it goes back to satire and then it gets serious again. Um, but yeah, so I mean, basically robots are just doing our jobs now when we just sit around and do nothing. And there's some, there's some jobs that they can't do. Like they have like barbers that are still, or like hairstylists and yeah. stuff the like hair that. Yeah, the hairdressers <laughs> association. <laughs> They're some of the most respected people in the community because they're some of the few people who still have jobs. And it's mm -hmm. like hairdressers are representatives like of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm gonna guess like there's artists still too. Like, so like yeah. maybe, I don't know, yeah. But yeah, so I guess we, like people just sit around and don't do anything and all the robots go out and do your work basically. Yeah. And every, every household has been assigned a robot mm -hmm. who basically puts the money on the table because the robot's the only ones who can make money anymore. Right. So robots have privilege and resentment towards the, the humans. Yeah. They're, and they resent them because they're like, the humans are forced to stay home. Yeah. And it's fun to like it's narrated in a way to by like a talk show called like talking bot <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> which is kind of almost like a fox type thing as well you get like the talking heads and you have like one human and two robots like bantering back and forth the entire issues um and then it also focuses on uh, one family called the walters and their robot um who is depressed <laughs> like he has like a menial job that he hates and he hates his family <laughs> you know <laughs> presents them for asking him the same thing every day like how's his how's his job that day and they that's pretty much it and <laughs> was today no the no. answer always no <laughs> right <laughs> what I is that these aren't like um like beep boop beep boop I am a robot like they all have individual personalities and opinions and emotions it's right. all of the complexities but they are still like very rigid and pretty soulless when it comes to anything about humans it's like did 20,000 humans dying like is that really that big a deal they were going to be dead in 20 years anyway like right <laughs> Yeah, and they have like uh, empathy chips that keep, they talk about too. And they like yeah. talk about like wanting to disable their empathy chips. Um, so they don't seem to have much empathy anyways. No, so. but like uh, I like how that is presented because it's it's for shine mm -hmm. and it's like they use metal. The robots use metal instead of man and they say bot instead of bro. So it's like, what's up metal? Like are you metal splaining to me? Right. Uh, <laughs> totally his very like incel like robot friend who's like, bro, you gotta disable your empathy chip. This this site shows you it's like these humans aren't blah blah. Like it's you know, it's it's what's going on. I mean, I guess it's not a spoiler, but this whole series is an analogy, like he it came he came up with it during the Me Too movement. Right. It it's in response to the not as much the Me Too movement, but the not all hashtag not all men movement which yeah. is like as i think the analogy is is like 
if someone started talking about carjackings occurring, why would you start talking about all the car, like, what about the non-carjackings? It's like, what are you talking about? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. This is happening. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, they're so, also, yeah, and they also talk about like the robots going crazy, like in their houses and the police covering it up and stuff like that too. And there's a lot of like social commentary about yeah. stuff like that too. Uh, that can be directly related to what's going on in our world today. <laughs> um, oh, the work. Like, once I knew that and on the reread, really, like, almost every line of dialogue has a way to connect it back to that. And it's like, you, it, it makes it even more like, wow, this is a well-written work. Oh, yeah. Uh, everything ties back to it. Uh -huh. Um. And then like one of the scariest things that goes back to pretty a serious thing that happens is uh, one, just one robot uh, messes up uh, the Orlando bubble and uh, kills yes. uh, what, 200,000 people, I think it is. Yeah, some, everyone in Orlando at that time, in bubble Orlando. Yeah, bubble Orlando. Um, and so, yeah, he messes up the climate there. All the CO2 leaks into bubble Orlando and just kills everybody. And it was just like, oh, it was a malfunction. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they all die. Literally everybody dies. It shows everyone just like dead in the streets, dead on roller coasters, just dead. Um, obviously the humans are very upset about this, but the robots are just kind of like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, things happen. I yeah. mean, one element that I like, though, is also that the dad in the Walters is so like, I mean, he's just a lapdog of the robots themselves. He's he that guy clearly wants to be a robot. Like he thinks they're way better than people. Yeah. Um, but the, the first issue ends, he asks him. Razor ball. I didn't know you were home. How was work today? This is just finding out about the 200,000 dead. This is the first time he goes, not bad, actually. Thanks for asking. Right. Like the, you know, it's very, very like, okay, this is scary satire. Yes, exactly. Um, Cause he said earlier in the issue too, he said he was going to like start being better and then that happens and he's clearly having a much better day now that all of those people have died and yeah. he he also saw the the mother of the family uh going into the inhuman resources uh, <laughs> she wants to exchange her robot for another robot because she because he he comes home he's very angry very depressed and he just goes to the garage and you hear grinding and construction he's yeah. like what and she's scared you know yeah. yeah she's worried he's going to do something to the family <laughs> since this is a, a common occurrence i guess of robots just going crazy and murdering their entire family yeah it's a glitch it's a minor glitch yeah and apparently there's no consequences for this glitch um so yeah this is this is a great comic i'm so glad that we picked this up um i want to order more for the store i want everyone to read it uh, it's super fun. It looks super great. Scary. 
<laughs> yeah, it looks good. I could definitely see this being a series too. The, oh. <laughs> I'm sure it's already been picked up somewhere. <laughs> robot stuff is really like, in terms of art, his robot design is awesome because none of them, he says in the back, the artist, uh, Mike Diodato, yeah. uh, that he was deliberately trying to stray away from any sort of humanoid features. Like they are humanoid in that two arms, two legs, right. but they human like faces or features. It's very robot-like. Uh -huh. uh, they look more like, you know, a, a toaster oven than right. a um and it, it's they're all different and it's all it's super effective like this, yeah this is some crazy crazy art yeah but they're definitely going to be replaced there so they're also one thing we did leave out is they're going they're making mandroids so yeah. because the robots whatever the robots are in charge have decided that the humans will be more comfortable if they are have the mandroids which are you know basically androids or you know ones that look look like humans. I for definitely be way more comfortable of, of a scary uh, man made of plastic that kind of looks like me over <laughs> toaster oven that walks around my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not so scary. I just don't want any of it. <laughs> and the, I don't trust robots. <laughs> very like the work is very funny. But it is also very scary because of how, like, present everything that it's talking about is. Like, both the robot thing and the analogy of the, like, you know, I don't know what you even call it. The masculine, <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Whatever. <laughs> responses that's going on right now. Um, and it's all in there. Like, it is scary, but this is a way to process those things. And, uh, and it is very entertaining. Yeah, agreed. That number one. Yeah. Yes. Um, so read Not All Robots and check out more books by AWA. They're putting out a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And Mark Russell, great, great writer. Oh, yeah. Mark Russell is awesome. He's just so good at satire. Um, all right, let's get into some news. There is a lot of stuff going on in the world of news. Um, well, first off, we both saw uh, Shang-Chi, right? Yeah. 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 Um, if y'all haven't seen it yet, get to the theaters. It's now in the third week, I think top at the box office. Um, so Disney, your little quote unquote experiment, I guess has worked. <laughs> the theater, people like the theater. People like the theater and they want to see this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, it did great. It blew out the box office. Um, everyone is very excited. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I especially enjoyed, uh, the relationship with, the two main characters with Aquafina um, and oh my god, why did this blank on his name? Simu. Simu Lee, right? Simu Lu. Lao. Lu, Lao. I, I think I it's, Lu. it's Lu. <laughs> yeah, Simu Lu. Finally having like a platonic relationship between the two like main characters, like not having like a sexual or romantic relationship was very nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, different for a Marvel movie. That is a subtle uh, difference. Yeah, she's just his best friend. Yeah, 
and I read an article too that the director said that was completely intentional and they're not going to have a romantic relationship if they do do another sequel it's just that's what they wanted to do like finally showing that awesome yeah even though people in the movie they'd still do that same thing that I'm sure like guys and girls who are friends for a long time probably hear from parents or whatever like oh, yeah. what gonna get married when are you two blah 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 it's like they hear that and they're like ew or yeah. whatever it's like no no not at all yeah. um yeah and just not having like any of that like romance at all like you can just have like a fun movie and yeah. not have you know sex stuff in it like it's fine you don't need that <laughs> like you can just yeah. be about the characters and moving forward and have action and fun and cool special effects and dragons and what I, I don't even know what those lions are but they were cool too <laughs> um a lot, of magic. a lot of magical creatures um but that was the thing that you didn't like as much right like because in the comic it might have been what needs to happen so i'm a big fan of the comics mm -hmm. uh, it's just different like i just have to watch it again knowing it was just that i was caught off guard um because in the comic, very grounded. He's sneaking into places. He's stopping people from running heroin over the borders. He's working with like government intelligence agencies. Um, there's assassins being sent after him. Right. There's ninjas, uh, you know, snipers. It's very like, yeah, he's grounded sort of like spy action thriller meets the Bruce Lee uh formula so it's very it, it is a very 1970s sort of formula which mm -hmm. i did not expect like i knew it wasn't going to be stopping heroin at the border and right. stuff <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is not going to be in these movies um but the movie is like very much not that way you know it's it's one of the more fantastical of all the marvel movies i would say like he's up there in, like dr strange yeah strange or like yeah other dimension like his mom's from another dimension like yeah whoa okay it makes it much bigger scale and i just was totally surprised by that um yeah and yeah it's just i gotta know now that i know i i do because i wasn't like oh this is bad uh, ever it just i was caught off guard yeah i think well you know with like putting like Wong in from Doctor Strange and then adding the Mandarin because you know obviously that's not his dad in the comics they completely changed that that's why yeah. they had to add all of those magical elements because you're not gonna have any of that you know without like the Mandarin but but I you know I definitely loved that they did that so they could correct those mistakes from like Iron Man 3 and everything and then also that was such a cool thing putting Ben Kingsley back in too um because he's still a great character and i hated that in iron man 3 when they did that um, yeah but it, it was such a delight to see him back in and being like oh sorry but like here you go you can still have him back too and we'll correct all of these mis little mistakes um but yeah, yeah. That, that was great, great. uh and captain, everyone is so good tony leung has got to be can't think of who would be my a better like marvel villain there's not many that are above him if any like he's fuck 
fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was great for sure. Um, so yeah, two thumbs up for Shang Chi. And I don't know, and I literally haven't met one person that didn't like it either. So, and it'll be great to see him again um, in some other movies. And I think they definitely, without spoiling anything, definitely set it up uh, for him to come back for sure. Oh, um, that yeah. guy's in full like core Avenger team. He's going to be in a few years standing right next to Sam Wilson, Captain America. And I don't I have no idea who else is actually on the team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's constantly changing. Uh, well, maybe he'll even show up in Doctor Strange. I mean, they definitely set some stuff up for that. So, yeah. Uh, but they're probably filming those at the same time, I would think. Uh, okay, so this, this is fun. Uh, Warner Brothers is developing a film reboot of Joel Schumacher's fan favorite 1987 vampire movie, The Lost Boys. Ooh, wow. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they already made all those terrible sequels. Why do they need to do any more? <laughs> Have you seen any of those sequels? No. No? No. No. No Corey Feldman sequels for you? Oh, he's he in them? Oh, least. he's in them. I think he produced them too, because you know he can't do anything else. So Aww. crazy. Don't he's a that. crazy person. Don't awe him. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about him. I like everything I've ever seen Corey Feldman in. Many watch those and you'll change your mind. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can give you uh two words why they're remaking that. It's called Stranger Things. You think so? Yeah, of course. I, why Why was it made? Stranger Things. You know, it's like, they're going to remake Stand By Me, I bet. They're going to no! do all that. <laughs> Don't do that. I, I'm not surprised if Goonies, Stand By Me, all those. Well, like, Goonies is getting a sequel, supposedly. <laughs> cool. Yeah. If, it's, I, I mean, it's not just going to be the old actors it's got to have to be about kids so i would assume yeah yeah that's gonna be like their kids or something (laughs) (laughs) so according to the hollywood reporter this reimagined take on the lost boys has found its lead actors in noah jupe and Jaden martell jupe is known for his role as marcus abbott in the 2018 horror film a quiet place and it's 2021 sequel a quiet place 2 so I guess the kid in that. Um, yeah. And then meanwhile, uh, the other guy, Martell, is best known for Stephen King's character, Bill Denbrow in 2017's It and It Chapter you. 2. Isn't that there kid you. also in Stranger Things? Uh, <laughs> Stranger Things, but yeah. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> There you go. Oh no! (laughs) You're back. Okay. So there you go. They're they're doing that, and I I think originally they were making a TV show of Lost Boys, and then that was for CW. That must have gotten canned. Now they're doing this, so we'll see if that actually happens. Um, Speaking of other TV shows that are probably going to be terrible. Sci-Fi and USA are teaming up to bring all of us Child's Play, the TV show, or possibly Chucky, the TV show. I don't know what they're actually going to be calling it. This is a terrible idea. 
why are we doing this? Don't do this. <laughs> Especially those two networks teaming up. Oh my you God. Say though, why that's a terrible idea. You've never seen these movies because it's scary. Yeah, I've seen so many clips of these. I like. I don't need to see. It. Like, I know what happens. I don't need to see it. I hate dolls. I don't want to do it. And nightmares forever. I was scared of the videos just as a kid because in window I still remember Chucky's face just on a tape. I was just every time we went to the video store, I'd be like, "Ah, avert my eyes." <laughs> uh, the reason why I haven't is because. I saw the movie Dolls when I was yeah. little and that traumatized me so much because I had all these Victorian dolls in my bedroom. And then I just had nightmares forever after that. And I made my mom throw away all those dolls. And then I couldn't watch any doll movie after that. So I did watch good. Puppet Master also scared me. <laughs> good, well, good call on getting rid of the Victorian dolls. Yeah, um, they were gonna murder me. <laughs> yeah, dolls, I mean, look, dolls are scary. I yeah. got I know a lot of people with doll fears. I got doll fears. My grandma had a doll room. Yeah. A doll a room full of dolls. Terrifying. They, oh, they were life-size dolls. Oh, that's even worse. Uh-huh. Followed you. Oh, yeah. You were taller than me. I remember when Patty Playpal was taller than me. And she was. she just stood in the corner of the room with her slack neck hanging forward. <laughs> oh, she was definitely gonna murder you in your sleep. Oh, like, like <laughs> she still does. might. She still might. She, she still, still might. <laughs> uh, so for the, this uh, terrible child's play TV show, instead of small children, they're going to use teenagers. Nope. Uh, of course they are, because that's going to be their focus audience. This guy Mancini, I guess he's the showrunner. He's said he's doing teenagers because he wants to focus on bullying. Of course, why not? Uh, they have more complicated issues well, that they're yeah. dealing with. That's teenagers. Oh, pops. Right. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, because that's what teenagers are still collecting. Dolls? Funko Pops. Oh, Funko Pops. Oh, yeah, they should come to life instead. Right? Yeah. There's definitely a Chucky Funko Pop. Ooh, they should add that into the show for sure. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, God. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, whatever. Moving on. This is just a terrible idea. Oh, wait, no. Oh, sorry. One more quote. We explore a very sweet teen gay romance that I think people might be surprised at the depth of it. With Chucky doll. It's the Ew. Chucky doll. The Chucky doll is a sweet teen gay romance story. I hope. I hope. Aw, that would be nice. Yeah, maybe it will be good. Maybe we'll love Child's Play. I don't know. Maybe. I hope they use a real doll, though, and not that, like, animated, computer animated one that they did in the remake. I think it's both. I don't, did he, did, I don't know. I never, I didn't see the remake. I don't really I mean, I just saw the trailers, but it was, it was computer animated, and it looked terrible. Ugh. Are you, do, are you making the little tick tick noise where you're running down the hall? <laughs> yeah. No. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> you know no there's seven? There's seven original Chucky movies. Well, okay. I've seen four. Mm-hmm. Child's Play, Child's Play Part Two, Part Three, Bride of Chucky. Right. 
a Chucky. I never saw that one. Beat a Chucky, yeah. And, and then there's make so there's one more in there, I guess. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. I haven't seen any of them. Uh, okay, well, terrible idea. So also this week, Matrix, was this this week? Ma- Matrix Resurrection trailer. It might have been last week. That dropped. But yeah, still recent. Still recent. Um, there was first a little take the red pill, take the blue pill trailer trailer and both were like 30 seconds I think and then after that the full two minute 20 second I think trailer dropped um and I first read an article I can't even believe that there's this many things you can see in the trailer but Screen Rant dropped a 39 things that you could see in the Matrix trailer 39 things if we want to make the big bucks trailer breakdowns that's where the big bucks is because people are obsessed with that stuff they are i couldn't even read the whole article of 39 things it was just too long (laughs) no you you view you humble uh listeners must watch the trailer yourself to find all the all the secrets oh man uh so matrix resurrection (laughs) matrix resurrections excuse me is an upcoming Science fiction action film produced, co-written, and directed by Lana Wachowski. I can say that name. Uh, it's a sequel, of course, to The Matrix Revolutions that came out in 2003. It's the fourth installment of The Matrix film uh, series overall. Uh, so who's coming back? Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, and Jada Pickett-Smith, apparently, is also coming back. Um, and then they're also joined by Jessica Henwick, uh, hopefully I don't screw up this name so bad. Uh, is it Yaya Abdul-Mateen II? I think that's right. And Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, um, Priyanka Chopra, uh, sorry, Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, and Christina Ricci. Whoa, I didn't I know. know. That. I was like, I'm- what? <laughs> um, I'm super excited about Jonathan Groff as the, possibly the new architect, or maybe he's the bad guy, super bad guy. Um, yeah. I love him um but goddamn this fucking breakdown like I I watched that trailer twice and I was like seriously there's this many things okay so they talk about like uh Neil Patrick Harris just in the beginning right and they're like his socks have three colors it goes blue red blue on the stripes and they break down all of that just his socks Film is a very complex medium, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that does actually mean something. You know they did that on purpose. If it's red, blue, or red, yeah, red, blue, and strong red. relationship <laughs> with a costume designer is an underrated art form. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> a lot, so much about characters mm-hmm. from the socks. Oh, yeah. All about the socks. Uh what did you think of the trailer? I mean, I thought it looked great. Like the one thing that I was initially just super taken by was like, like the aesthetics are the same. It's still like black leather trench coats, uh, guns, black sunglasses, that sort of thing. But like, it looked so good. Every shot looked super like just different, you know? I And I was like trying to like, figure out what it was it's like that's just a guy holding the gun why does that look so that's just every shot looked phenomenal um 
it does seem like we're we had like a soft reboot or something because yes like maybe this is you know you remember how they talked about different versions of the matrix yeah like maybe were maybe the machines were like oh it's getting too out of hand reboot start a new and who knows um either way yeah has been popping blue pills like crazy and he's in the matrix again and so is uh carrie ann moss yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway from all of the articles I've read is I think that it's definitely a new matrix. Uh, the machines, you know, kind of relapsed on their deal with Neo, um, put everyone back in or yeah, completely new version. Um, you know, they definitely show all of the blue pills several times in the trailer too. It's like not just once, it's like three or four times, just like in the very beginning too, there's like the black cat you see like on the desk going, you know, and that's what you see in the first matrix is the black cat, the deja vu thing going across the desk. And there's like a giant um, jar of the blue pills just sitting right there with the cat. So, I mean, this, this trailer was constructed very carefully, I think. Um, I mean, the blue show or the blue pills are obviously like representative of people like willing to bury their head in the sand, you know, like to willingly take the blue pill is to willingly bury your head in the sand. And Obviously, the Matrix has those analogies. You know, I mean, there, there's so much in no. there. But for today, for now, those blue pills, it's like, yo, this is you. Like, per, just pretending shit's, shit's fine, shit's normal. It's like, keep popping the pills. Sure, sure. Like, that's yep. what I, how much it was like. We're not showing you red pills. We're showing you blue pills. Like, yeah. all it's like this is what you've been doing this is what you've been doing yeah that's kind of and they also call him um anderson or thomas anderson again uh so we know he's not neo or he's still neo but they're not he's not going by neo again so obviously he's back in the matrix from just from that alone um and they do they show the red pill but not till the like the very end of the trailer um, and that's when we also see like the new Morpheus too, or like the young Morpheus, um, which I'm sad that Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, <laughs> boo. But he did die, right, in the Matrix? I think so. Yeah, they took, his, they took his thing out. Hugo Weave gonna come back. I mean, I guess he could, but maybe he doesn't want to. He no. said, yeah, he said he wasn't coming back in the, so. Um, which is why we're getting all of the cool new people. Uh, but we do get Trinity is coming back, Carrie Ann Moss. So, um, and that's, there was that whole thing between them, right? Like they're connected and they're, that's how they save the world. Um, yeah. we, we get a scene as well with them like holding hands and they're like building the light between their hands. And so maybe that's how they free each other. Who knows? So many things. Uh, I mean, I hated the two sequels. I thought they were both terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, there's definitely some parts that were cool, but They're definitely cool stuff. Rewatching like two years ago, I only made it through the second one, but I was like, "Oh, this is a lot better than I remembered." It's more when rewatching, I was like, "Oh, there's a few very glaring problems, uh -huh. and this is good," rather than how I used to think, which was. Oh, most of this is bad and there's a few cool parts yeah uh, 
they're definitely problematic and i think were like rushed sequels it was like oh yeah this shit's crazy successful make two more now like yeah 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 that's probably part of it maybe i'll try it or rewatch i'll definitely try to watch the third one i guess before seeing this but it's gonna be a slog i think interesting stuff and it's like i don't know there's there's just a lot uh it's just hard i don't know i don't know sequels are hard you know most aren't good most are terrible most are terrible that is true this is a a tough like i mean i guess maybe this was in a better position than like if you had a masterpiece trilogy and then you're making a fourth it's like if this movie's better than the second and the third one rejoice you know it's definitely the first one i doubt it most movies when can you do that that never happens you no know crystal but... sell it <laughs> no that's why we get a fifth one coming out someday oh god um, yeah they have to make that better uh also i saw the night house do you know about the night house no i don't know okay the night house uh supposed to come out of course 2020 that's how long ago this was made but pandemic obviously uh so night house is a 2020 psychological horror film directed by david bruckner uh he did the ritual southbound he did the best uh one in vhs which was the succubus one do you remember i have seen succubus i haven't seen those other ones okay i have seen vhs yeah, yeah. Yeah, VHS was, yeah, she did, he did the best clip. That was a succubus one where she was like, what what was the, what was the words that she said? I can't remember. Anyways, it was the best one in VHS. Um, So this movie is getting like really big critical acclaim right now. Um, It did like really, really, really well at South by Southwest. Um, What there was of South by Southwest. and it's based on the original screenplay by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski. Um, so basically it was like a widow who discovers um, like a really dark secret in her husband's lake house after he kills himself. Um, it was really amazing. I highly recommend it. It's only playing at the Shattuck theaters here. Um, so everyone oh. go see that. I don't wanna give anything away about it. It's definitely one of those movies. Uh, also this week, things I recommend uh, is Why the Last Man just started on Hulu. I think it's been up for oh, two weeks now. Um, obviously, Why the Last Man is huge at our store. We sell tons of graphic novels of that, which I thought was really funny. When like it comes on the screen, it says just like based on the graphic novel. Why doesn't it ever just say based on the comic? <laughs> I would. It's a co- it was a comic. It wasn't a graphic novel. It was a comic. Don't the Marvel movies say that though? It says comic, yeah, the Marvel. But like when it's not a Marvel or DC thing, it always says like based on the graphic novel. Um, except it's you know what did it? The strain didn't. The strain I think said based on the comic by Guillermo del Toro or book because it was. A it's book a, that whole thing where the whole reason we needed the term graphic novel. It's like. Because on some level, there's a, a shame or a childlike nature associated with comics. Right. I mean, it's false. And 
we're 20 years behind, you know, where we should be in terms of the progression. Like, you know, Japan too used to have the comics are for kids, but they have the Senate hearings. And so they're now it's like, yeah, salarymen, housewives, grandmas, grandpas, there's manga for everybody. And I do think we're, we're going to get there, but there's still that like, you know, the old head view of like, oh yeah, comics are for kids. That's kid stuff. It's still a little bit out there, you know? And oh, people, definitely. No, they, they do think that still. Yeah, it's like when people come into the store and they're like, do you have any graphic novels? And it's like, you look around when you come into our store. It's like, yeah. you're surrounded by them. <laughs> a Hulk Vereens, and I say, this is my favorite graphic novel. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, so those who are not familiar with why the last man uh, it was a comic first they put it into a graphic novel it is still a comic but it is now streaming on fx hulu um so who i guess fx hulu is now they're just doing like streaming shows it's not just like on regular fx oh okay yeah there's not like a fx channel that shows this now it's a new thing anyways um so yeah it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where a mysterious cataclysmic events simultaneously killed every mammal with a y chromosome except for one cisgendered man york brown um and his pet monkey ampersand um the series follows york as he tra- uh, traverses the new world as survivor struggles with their losses and attempts to restore a new world society led by York's mother, who is the new US president, Jennifer Brown, played by Diane Lane, who is awesome. Nice. So yeah. Uh, So one of the really, really great things so far about the show is like how it's dealing with um, gender, because Brian K. Vaughn has always been really, really good dealing with gender in all of his comics. And I've heard like a lot of controversy online before the show came out, because they're like, you know, obviously if everyone with a Y chromosome died, there's still going to be- um, Men. Men, exactly. Trans Trans men, right. Won't be killed. But a lot of people like, freaked out or like, you know, what they thought this was coming on. And I was like, don't worry, they're going to address this in the show. And they have already. And I've only yeah. watched three episodes. So that's good. Um I mean I was sure they weren't gonna just stumble blindly into a major network television show in the landscape that we live in right now and just be like, here's the men and here's the women. That's how it is like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but for- <laughs> Or reactionary or is it pre-actionary because nothing out yet like pre-cogs <laughs> yeah um so and now now they've done that too people are definitely celebrating the show <laughs> a lot differently which is great good. Um, yeah and this and it is really really good it is a hard watch though for it is really really scary especially like today too obviously with the pandemic um and just the first episode is 
very, very scary. And they take take their time with it. But like once you get into it, um, just like little things, just, you know, like animals dying really slowly. And they're just like creeping up to like the big event that you know it's going to happen. Um, and it's just done incredibly well. So cool. I definitely highly recommend that. Um, also read the comic. It's a great comic. <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn. We have many Brian K. Vaughn comics. and we do. Points. Or at least hasn't disappointed me. I don't know. <laughs> and no. And maybe now that that's up and he's done writing that show, he will finish Saga. <laughs> Brian it K. Vaughn, finish Saga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and lastly, um, I don't think you watched the trailer yet, but you should. Everyone should, because it's very exciting. Guillermo del Toro is putting out a new movie. Actually, he has two movies coming out because oh. Antlers is finally coming out in October. And this has been on the shelf for two years now because of the pandemic. And I have been so excited to see that movie. Is that a... Yeah, it's a horror movie. Okay. And he did and then, all the creature design for it too. This one is a, like a noir, right? It's mm -hmm. not very clearly not horror. No, it, but they. This is the thing about this movie. They make it look like it's gonna be a creature movie, because um, yeah. they keep saying like, "Is he man or beast? Is he man or beast?" Like throughout the trailer, over and over again, which is very deceiving. Um, yeah, is that kidding people? Uh, yeah, and it's also called Nightmare Alley. Yeah, <laughs> I read an article with him. I didn't. The trailer wasn't out when I read that, but I remember he was saying like, "With me, it's a hard, it, it's hard to like translate to people often what it is." Like he was like, "Crimson Peak was clearly supposed to be a gothic romance, right? It, it was sold as a horror movie, and people were disappointed." And he's like, yeah. "I'm." that that's going to happen here people yeah. are going to horror movie especially with the name well it's like you you made up the name Guillermo <laughs> well it's actually it's based on a book um yeah, yeah of the same title uh so I mean he does have that but so people I look see. up that but people aren't going to look that up obviously they're not going to be like oh okay it's based on this story so I know it's not going to have that but yes this and it's also like it takes place in a carnival and it looks, you know, cinematography looks very scary and uh, it's beautiful at the same time, but it, it definitely has that same feeling of his other movies. So it definitely, it's, it, yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a creature feature. Um, and I know why they're, obviously we know why they're playing that up because they want people to go see it because of that. Yeah. Um, it has a star-studded cast, um, as per usual, uh, Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara, Will Willem Dafoe, Tony Collette, Ron Perlman. Um, nice. Just a ton of people are in it. Um, oh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, so there's no lacking of stars in this movie. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see a new noir, especially by someone as talented as Guillermo and who brings a new thing to every genre. Like when he does a genre, it's, it's, it feels very new. Yeah. Um, he's also heading up, I believe he has a show coming to Netflix as well. It's going to be like an anthology show. Um, 
kind of like a what was that horror show like years ago on HBO um which had like a new horror director in each masters of horror, Master of horror. yeah like that so cool. that's coming to Netflix too either this October or November so look out for that as well awesome. and that is the news this week a ton of stuff <laughs> there's, a ton of stuff. there's so much comic related stuff I mean it's to watch it all or see it all it's we are in the time of abundance we are and what did we review this week just in case you forgot uh red room number four maze book number one and then we did not all robots one and two so be sure to pick those up this week buy them they're good buy them either at your local comic book store or our local comic book store escapist comics yes thanks so much guys for listening we appreciate it uh yeah um we can do plugs we signing oh, out yeah. plugs we're signing out go ahead yeah uh follow me on instagram robert underscore n-e-g-o-e-s-c-o at robert negoesco um that's about it for now i got a a comic coming out it'll be in the shop early october mm-hmm. all you be able to buy institution comics all-star action uh <laughs> yeah eight, 40 pages full color super classic superhero story uh i really tried to uh you know channel that silver age madness that is that comes across when you read it where you're like what is going on what is this madness like <laughs> we'll see uh that'll be out pretty soon um right. yeah that's exciting we look forward to that yeah we'll um, talk about episode. we'll review it yeah we will we'll tear <laughs> it apart no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> please uh you can find me at jessa baldoni j-e-s-s-a-b-a-l O-N-I, uh, Instagram and Twitter, though I'm never on Twitter, but you can still follow me there. I'll take that follow. <laughs> um, and don't forget to follow us at Escapist Comics on all of the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that's it, right? Oh yeah, my comic will also be out at some point. See Solicit, solicit soon. And that's Banshees, number one. It's yeah one through five uh miniseries keep so. listening it'll we'll talk about it we will it's been years so we're excited <laughs> all um, right thanks so much guys for listening and read more comics that's not what it was it was no, escape right. into comics I thanks so much (laughs) we'll talk to you guys soon Bye. bye